0: Hey there, welcome to the LegalSoft Podcast. My name is Cameron Hastings. I am here with Elizabeth (laughs) Hovenessen. She's our LegalSoft uh, demand writer extraordinaire. She runs the demand writing department. But before she graced us with her presence, she was working as a paralegal in a personal injury firm. So we're going to dive into that, what it's like being in law school while working at LegalSoft, the different uh, obstacles and road bumps that come with being uh, working full-time and being a law law student. All right, Elizabeth, welcome. for Liz, though, right?
1: Yeah, Liz is fine.
0: <laughs> Liz is fine. Okay, perfect. So... Thank you so much for joining us. Can you expand a little bit about more of what you do at LegalSoft?
1: Yeah. So we basically, um, attorneys that do PI, workers' comp, and employment outsource their demands to us. And then I lead a group of demand writers that go ahead and write their demands and help the firms out in, in that sense.
0: Gotcha. That's the main, okay.
1: main thing <laughs> that we
0: do. That's the main thing. That's yeah. good. How many demands would you say you go through in a week?
1: Oh, that's actually a very good question. It varies, honestly, because sometimes we have firms that give us literally eighty demands at once, sometimes even a hundred, but then there's some that will do let's say twenty or ten here and there. So, oh wow. Yeah. Okay. So well, it varies. What's it varies. your
0: like turnaround team for your team for demands?
1: So seventy two hours is our turnaround time.
0: Seventy two hours. You do they'll give you a hundred at once and you get a hundred done in seventy two hours.
1: That's the goal. That's the goal. Yeah, that's we that's crazy. Yeah. Using AI makes makes life a whole lot <laughs> better for sure. Oh,
0: absolutely! You guys use what GPT four?
1: Yeah, we use GPT four and then some other like AI tools, and then we have like our own AI tools and softwares that we've developed. Right. Well, Soft you have also. to
0: have a what is it called that an avatar, like a, a AI that's specifically meant for demand yeah. writing. And I heard LegalSoft were coming out with something that's a program mm-hmm. that. Lawyers? Can you can we talk about that? Is that
1: coming soon, twenty twenty five?
0: Okay, okay, it's it's hush hush right now, but believe me, it's it sounds awesome. Sounds like it's going to be great. Uh, I wanted to dive in. I had a couple questions here that I want to chat with you about. Hey, for mm-hmm. first of all, you know, a lot of people that watch Suits or like Better Call Saul, they're like, I want to be a lawyer. That sounds awesome, right? Or or Daredevil, mm-hmm. the best lawyer. Uh, what made you? want to be a lawyer <laughs> so mine's a very similar situation is Ex- it really yeah oh,
1: so for me it was more watching actually judge judy and like judge marilyn <laughs> Oh,
0: can you read <laughs> the that? people's court it was watching the people's court yeah like
1: judge judy judge marilyn Munyon. they're just mediators though yeah but i don't know what it was it was just watching them was like okay these people are showing up to court they're saying what their problem is and then the judge is making a decision for me it was like okay so then who backs these people up kind of a thing right so as a kid i would watch it all the time and then i ended up interning at a law firm when i was in 11th grade over the summer and that was like okay i really what want a to do this law
0: firm do with the
1: it's a very like it's a very weird thing but that was what piqued my interest into the legal field. And then looking more into it, I was like, oh, okay, I could work at a law firm, I could be a lawyer, I could do this and that. Like I could do something in the legal field. That's so so cool. definitely interning at that law firm really got me to, to want to continue forward with it and pursue it.
0: Right. Yeah. Just seeing the inner workings and you're like, okay, this is still it for me. Yeah. Right. So much. what are your plans after you pass the bar?
1: That's a very beautiful question. I've I've pondered on that thought a lot. I don't know. Cause now that I work at LegalSoft, I know both sides. I know the legal side because of the experience I had working at the law firms. And then now I have the business side of it. So it would probably at some point in time be maybe even opening my own, but still having um Something intertwined with like the business of providing services to attorneys, but also having my own law firm, something like that. Right. So you'd point. have
0: two small businesses. Probably, probably. Wow! Look at you go. Probably at some point. Duffling we'll see when we on. get there. That's fantastic. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. I know LegalSoft loves having you. I loved. I used to be sitting right next to you. It was fantastic. Yeah. It, 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 I could ask you anything, demands related, and you just knew it. Yes. It was incredible.
1: Yeah, you have to be a master of your craft.
0: No, absolutely. Now, I did have another question here too. How does your experience as when you were a PI paralegal? How does that play into your role here at LegalSoft? So, most of our the
1: calls that I have with attorneys are co- are literally all consultative. And having that legal experience, you already know what problems that, you know, attorneys are going through, whether it be, you know, operational or whether it be and, you know, even something simple of not having enough clients coming through the door type of a thing. So having that legal experience and knowing the day to day in the legal field, you already know how to help them in terms of what to what to tell them that we offer here at LegalSoft kind of a thing. Right. You
0: know, the pain areas. Do you have, like, a few examples of those scenarios? Yeah, so
1: something, for example, demands-related specifically. So if attorneys come up to me, they fully practice personal injury or workers' comp and employment, and they tell me they don't even have five demands a month, but they've been in business for a while, then I would ask, okay, why don't you have at least five demands a month? Is it because, you know, your case managers aren't moving the cases forward? Or is it because you don't have enough cases coming in through the door? And then through LegalSoft, of course, we have both solutions it would be either you know working with one of our legion companies law push um, that we're partners with or it would be let's say virtual staffing where you can get more additional help for your practice to help you move those cases forward and things like that
0: right do you find a lot of cases are kind of put on ice or there, there's some firms that they think their capacity is a certain amount they don't realize that they can expand beyond that, so they start declining cases?
1: Yeah, that that's one of the biggest things, wow. too. And a lot of attorneys don't know that they can even refer out cases and still make something out of it. Even mm-hmm. if, you know, you personally don't want to take them, you still have an opportunity to make money even with referring get out and networking and things like that as well.
0: How do the referrals work? Do they just yeah. get in touch with a law firm that they know of and then they just ask, hey, I have a case to refer to you?
1: yeah it could be like that and then also we are partners with magic law group as well that does that that will literally um they vet the cases they get the cases they sign up the cases and then we refer them out to the to other attorneys and things right. like that
0: so could a client of yours go through legal Soft and say i have all these cases i need to refer yeah and then we'll Definitely. take care of everything else yeah because
1: because we work with hundreds of attorneys all over the place you know mm-hmm. all over the different states we can always introduce them to other attorneys and lawyers and things like that and help them with right. getting someone to refer them out do we just offer systems. that
0: we, we don't take a do we take a percentage on that or how does the referral system work i'm not too work?
1: sure about that but okay. i think it's through um magic law group
0: probably yeah. yeah i mean that's a whole other thing aren't they in arizona yeah. too yeah, <laughs> Yeah. see, I, I don't know the first thing about Magic Law. Yeah. I know that it's loose connection with Law Push. We talked about that with uh, Daniel on an episode a couple weeks ago. That was really interesting. Uh, so a lot of firms, we were talking about you only, some firms only doing five demands a month mm-hmm. and, and the problem areas of why they're only having five demands what makes demands so important like demand writing or even outsourcing yeah. demand writing why is that so important to a firm
1: yeah so first off um getting demands out for any firm it's your ticket to starting to settle in closed cases mm-hmm. if you don't send a demand out You can't close and settle cases. And then that plays a bigger role in a bigger picture of what's happening with the firm. Like I said, either if they don't have five, it's either operational, which means their workers aren't doing much or they have too much to do where they're not being able to move the cases forward. So that's one completely different issue. And then again, like I mentioned, the legion that's a whole separate thing. But also it's if the cases aren't moving forward and you're not closing cases, then there's no money coming into the firm. So then you can not expand your firm and grow your firm and do different things that you want to do, whether it be getting more staff, whether it be investing more in marketing. So the whole goal for attorneys is Let's go ahead and close out these cases so we can go ahead and start, you know, getting money within the firm and income and cash flow and all that stuff. And Hamid speaks about that a lot. <laughs> I yeah. think I've watched an episode where where he talks about um, you know, law firms saying they don't have enough money and things like that, but they don't mm-hmm. realize where the problems are coming from.
0: Yeah, I mean back. it's like so. it's like having frozen assets, right? Literally. It, it, that's what it is. It's funds that aren't liquidated. And I feel like yeah. firms that are leaving any sort of lead, not just dem- like demand writing, but any sort of lead on the table is essentially oh, leaving yeah. money on the table. Yeah,
1: even if you're referring it out, that's still cash flow. It's like some type of income that could be coming in within the firm, and things right. like that. And the biggest problems that firms face with specifically to demands is backlog, and that comes and stems from those two things that I mentioned earlier mm-hmm. like case managers aren't being able to work on cases and focus on important things so your demands and cases are just sitting there
0: right so
1: that's the whole goal of legal soft is to help them for those types of cases where you just have so much that your you know your case managers aren't even being able to follow up with it we'll take that part of it that mundane part of it and you know do it ourselves something i always say to attorneys is you didn't go to three four years of law school to just sit there and write a letter when you can just have someone else do it
0: Yeah, (laughs) no, that makes total sense. And I mean, there's certain things that lawyers hate doing, right? I feel like demand writing is one of those.
1: For sure, yeah. They shouldn't be writing demands. They should be going to court. They should be settling cases. They should be doing trials. And that's another thing, too. There was a couple of firms that I've spoken to, a couple of our clients. They want to get into litigation, but they can't get into litigation because they have all these things that they're trying to manage. And something I, I told them was definitely if you want to open up a whole different department, you got to get your cases moving that you already have, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's that's one of the things that that I think would help, too. So we help with writing the demand so you don't have to. So then you can actually settle and then open up whatever other department, you know, you want.
0: Right. And get that cash flow. And I think that revenue, yeah. too, even if it's not much, that revenue can also help with. um with investors if you're oh, shopping yeah. your firm around to get investment to expand more yeah for so sure. just because a, a referrals you know i don't even i don't even know what couple thousand dollars or something i don't know how much you make with the referrals <laughs> but whatever amount it is i'm assuming it's not as much as the case itself but whatever that amount is it, it, that cash flow is super important it adds
1: up It for sure right. it adds up like I've had a couple of friends actually that are attorneys and and they started off by just referring out cases. They didn't even work on the cases themselves because it takes time and money and things like that to actually work on a case. You're paying your case manager, you're paying, you know, if you end up doing litigation, it costs so much. You have to file it, you have to, you know, do X, Y and Z um, type of a thing. So they would literally just start off by referring all the cases that they had. And then they would start actually, once they saw they were getting a decent amount, just by referrals, they would be like, okay, now it's time for us to, to work on it.
0: Interesting. So this yeah. is after they passed the bar. That's they, what they
1: started doing. They just literally started with just referring out cases. Your
0: intake, purely. just refer them out. And then so on the client side, how does that work? Is it like this is my buddy Jimmy. He's going to take care of you. And it's just a handoff?
1: yeah it's something like that um or you know they would kind of work for the firm so to speak where they would say hey you know i'm with whatever law firm here you go um we're gonna help you out we're gonna have someone from our team contact you and things like that too so they would either work at other firms and just solely refer cases in until they were ready to just go open up their own or they would just uh you know sign them up do everything and then pass it on.
0: do you recommend that's a good strategy
1: I don't know, to be honest. It, it depends on what your end goal is in the end of the day. It's it's a way of making money in the beginning rather than... Because opening up a friend, it costs a lot of money. You have to worry about case management software. You have to worry, worry about getting employees. You have to worry about all these things. So either you handling your own cases at a smaller scale and then exploding it in a short amount of time is one option to go. Or you can always just refer them out and just make like passive income, so to speak. The only work you're putting in is... Getting the cases and then setting them up, yeah.
0: But in referring them out, especially when you're just starting out, is that I feel like you would run the risk of losing a lead, would you not? Because you refer them out to another law firm, and then let's say they're more put together than you are, especially after graduating the bar. I'm sure you're still putting everything uh, everything together. So do you run the risk of that client sticking with that firm as opposed to going through you again?
1: it depends again um because anything can happen if you think about it you're mm-hmm. going if you're gonna lose the lead you're gonna lose the lead anyways yeah. it's just a matter of being completely transparent setting expectations as anything you do in life right you want to be straight up you want to set the right expectations you want to be transparent with the person if if you do that i don't think you should have a problem with,
0: with gotcha. losing anyone yeah <laughs> What what's the first step you would recommend for somebody graduating the bar
1: First up, I would recommend graduating the bar.
0: So you graduate the bar. Now what?
1: I haven't graduated the bar yet. yet. But but... I know you've been
0: thinking about it.
1: (laughs) Yes. But if I were when I am to graduate and um, hopefully pass the bar on my first try, my goal would be to start on a smaller scale and then just scale up from there. So I would basically take my own cases. I would work them up my own way until i got to a certain point where i'm like okay now i need to hire someone and get someone and i 100 percent would probably go through the option of getting virtual staff 100 percent because it is cost effective so whether you be a big big firm trying to get a virtual assistant or a smaller one just literally starting up without even hiring anyone in-house i would just start off with virtual for sure
0: just go all virtual yeah, i know we have a couple clients of ours where they just have one lawyer he owns his firm mm-hmm. right so there's a physical office location for his like google my business or what have right. you but his entire staff is all virtual yeah virtual paralegal yeah yeah
1: i think the the goal is to have at least i think it's a good good of a little bit of both like yin and yang type of a thing right you have one person in-house managing like five ten virtual assistants that works um, starting, like, for example, like I said, I would start with just the one virtual assistant because I would be managing that person. But my goal would be then to obviously scale and grow. And to the point where I wouldn't be able to do that, I would just hire one person in-house with a team of, like, five VAs right. and stuff like that. So that's definitely a good way good way to go i think
0: yeah and limiting the connect points right yeah a a lot of lawyers and hamid was on the podcast a couple weeks ago we talked about this a lot of lawyers think they can do everything the fact of the matter is you probably can't not to scale the way you want to right if
1: you if you want to become big and have different locations or work out of different states because a lot of attorneys are doing that nowadays where they're Mm -hmm. thinking okay why am i limiting myself let's say to only california why don't i go you know take the texas bar arizona bar and georgia bar even and things like that and they want to have different offices everywhere um definitely for the scalability standpoint and the growing standpoint virtual is is the way to go and especially nowadays everything is becoming you know technology technological with ai and and all that stuff so
0: and something i want to dive in about virtual staffing which Mm -hmm. i always hear when i tell my friends about virtual staffing the whole concept (laughs) uh when we're talking about cost effective yes it is cost effective but we have to remember that the economy in some of these places where we're getting our virtual staffing is so very different oh yeah that it's it um the the cost to live ratio is much better like, if I wanted to buy a house, I'd probably buy a house in Philippines. That oh, sounds amazing. Oh, yeah. 100%. I, right?
1: I, I always tell my virtual assistants, I'm going to come out and see you guys at some point in time and like Heck hang yeah. out with you guys on the beaches. And see? Things. That sounds amazing.
0: <laughs> but I think I would compare it to, like, California and Texas, right? Yeah. So, like, the Texas minimum wage is, like, so much lower than California. But also, I can fill my tank at $2 a gallon. So. It's it yeah it it bounces out. So when my when I'm talking to my friends about this, and we talk about it being cost effective, it's not it's not that we're underpaying anybody. In fact, in a lot of cases, we're we're paying them a lot, quite yeah. a bit, especially for how long it goes. And, and we have lots of I I think we have lots of culture here at LegalSoft I'm... where we can engage with our virtual assistants, and even we have plans for them to visit the U.S. or even move to the U.S. eventually. Uh, And there's something on Athena's team she used to do, which was fantastic. The top performer of our team, we would, uh, LegalSoft would pay for their dinner. So they'd yeah. go out, I think it was once a week, they'd go out, have a great dinner, just all on LegalSoft's dime.
1: Yeah, bonus structures, you know, the benefits, mm-hmm. we give it all to them. So it's literally as if they were working here, except again, it's virtual. And because of that whole cost of living ratio that you're talking about, they they make a decent amount of money.
0: Yeah. 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 It's fantastic. Sure. And from what I hear, I've yet to talk to my VAs about this, but from what I hear is that there's this whole culture in a lot of those cities where we have a home base in, there's this culture of of working those graveyard shifts. So yeah. like there's places that are twenty four hour internet cafes, bars, restaurants, which yeah. I think is pretty neat. Yeah, I,
1: like I said, I'm definitely one day gonna go to the beaches and hang out with my my own virtual assistants. At yeah, some get point a my time tai on the beach. Oh, What's yeah, the best
0: 100%. beach drink? What do you go for?
1: I don't know. I like a blue Hawaiian.
0: Blue Hawaiian, the uh, blended yeah. like blue Hawaiian. Yeah, okay, I like Fair those. <laughs> I I myself go for Miami Vice, which is like I think it's pina colada and strawberry. Love that. It's amazing. It's Love the best that. thing ever. I miss Vegas. I need to go back
1: yeah i still haven't been gotta go at some point
0: you you still haven't been to vegas it's four hours away you need to just <laughs> drive there just get in your car today for thanksgiving
1: i don't think that's possible but at some point in time <laughs> i'm sure I'll, I'll make my way to vegas so. uh
0: so we're talking about you being uh in school in law school while also working at LegalSoft. I, and i know that hamid and a lot of people here have been really encouraging of you advancing your career yeah. and focusing on the next step like the, the entire culture here is all about being Support, the best yeah. you can be or like what the marines <laughs> the, <laughs> be the best you can be but it, it's true in a lot of ways so i wanted to ask you from your perspective what why is it important for empl- for employers like law firm owners and what have you to invest in their employees careers and education and those aspects
1: yeah from the legal standpoint overall it's hard to find good employees right Mm -hmm. so that's one of the biggest challenges whether it be virtual or whether it be you know in-house is finding a really decent person that knows what they're doing that is going to stick with you for a long time right so investing in the people that you already have one if you know obviously if they're really good you want to make sure that you invest in them is that it keeps it in-house to start off before you even go outsourcing. So it helps Mm -hmm. you in putting a great foundation already within your firm, so then you can scale and grow on that by outsourcing different things. So investing in someone you already have you already know that they know how you like to do certain things cuz every firm's different, every firm likes to do things a different way, every attorney's different, every attorney likes things a different way, and they want to be obviously different than other firms. Mm-hmm. So if you already have a great employee, you invest in that employee and then let's say one day they become an attorney, then that's one other good pawn that you have in your in your team. That's another good person you have in your team that you don't have to spend so much time teaching and training and all that because they're already used to you. They already know what you like to do
0: right that makes total sense yeah yeah that's cool um uh, what are some i kind of want to dive into demand writing a little bit more yeah sure so like you've been at legal soft what a year yeah it's yeah it's been a year and you're in some change yeah <laughs> i just hit my three month mark oh congratulations yesterday three months congratulations, congratulations. Nathan said i was a uh, senior at that point so <laughs> yep. that's great Uh Seeing how much LegalSoft has grown and how much your team has grown. I mean, when you started it, how many VAs did you have? How big was your team?
1: <laughs> I only had one VA at the time. Did. Who was it?
0: It was Beatrice. We'll get a shout out. Beatrice. Shout out to Beatrice. Shout out to Beatrice. Okay. You started with us. <laughs> That's amazing. She's still yeah. part of your team?
1: No, she actually just recently, Um, she, she had to take a leave recently. Oh. She had a baby. and. Oh, it was a whole know, thing.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, still, I'm glad that... Uh, well, that's exciting news for her though. Yeah, of that's course. amazing. Of course. Uh, well, that's another thing too, is that we offer, I know we have, this is a conversation for someone in the virtual staffing team, but I know we've got yeah. so many benefits. Like we've got <laughs> maternity leave and all these things, things that just aren't for every company in general. Yeah. Yeah, which is really neat. So you start out with one VA mm-hmm. and how many demands were we writing in general?
1: Uh, we started out with one VA, we had maybe like, let's say 20 plus a month, a month, a month. Yeah. And then we started growing ourselves um, where we got more clients in the door. Then we had to get more demands. Then we had to grow our team. We had like 10, 15 VAs at some point, And then it just kept going. kind wow. of a thing. Yeah.
0: So when you're streamlining, how, like, how did you foster that growth? How when did, did you happened? know you're like, whoa, okay, I need to get somebody else here.
1: Yeah. Um. So we had to actually do a whole formula and calculation of figuring out how long it takes to write a demand, how many demands each VA could do in a day, and so on and so forth. So we went from literally having them do sixty demands a day to doing over a hundred. I'm sorry, sixty demands a month to doing over a hundred in the month. So. Wow. Yeah. So. It, with training with, you know, working together as a team, helping each other out. We kind of figured, figured that out.
0: Yeah, that makes sense.
1: Yeah, and once we hit a certain number, we're like, okay, now it's time to have one more or we forecasted we're about to have this many more demands come in. And then we we need to make sure that we have enough hands and feet, you know, to
0: yeah. take care of it. I love that. Uh, Now, what kind of promos are you running right now? Do you have a special promo yeah. we can do for the podcast? Ooh. i don't know if you've thought about that we didn't even talk about this before but no i'm just thinking think in my that. head i'm like huh mention the legal soft podcast
1: well there's a few you get
0: 100 free demands
1: p- oh sh- 100 i think is too much <laughs> no i <I'm> joking <laughs> i wish someone gave me We're not 100 free demands
0: no. not 100 <laughs> domains, guys no, but no. do we have something like that for our listeners
1: yeah, I could tell you what promos we have now and we can we can definitely Yeah, what's going something. on with those? So, right now we have a Black Friday deal for the holidays um where we're offering 10 demands for $500, which is discounted 50%. So, $500 is the discounted it's amount. Normally, yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. $100 a demand. Yeah. Which I mean, that's for the time it takes to write demands that's still a great deal hundred dollars a demand
1: yeah so usually we that's what we do we do a hundred dollars demand so for 10 of them it'd be like a thousand so mm-hmm. now we're giving it 50 percent off which is 500 um and then we also have promos we throw here and there sometimes where we give complimentary demands three okay. three of them complimentary
0: how would they know um, about these promos when they go live
1: legal soft legal soft soft, like like our newsletter our social media yes yes yeah
0: we make sure to make sure you guys know about that 100 percent.
1: we like to let our attorneys know that hey we are doing this especially for you guys definitely Mm -hmm. test it out you know and at any point in time if anyone ever wants to talk about demands more than welcome to hop on a call
0: yeah, yeah. Sure. How do they help on a call with you? They got to book a you? demo. Book a demo. You'll yes. give me that demo link, yes, right? Yes, I will. I will. Okay, sure. perfect. If you guys look in the bio or in the uh, description, there's going to be a demo link uh, for you guys to click and check it out if you want to hear more from Liz about her demands yeah. and her experience going to law school. I'm really excited for what you're going to be doing. That seems really cool.
1: I hope it works out. I'm Have you figured out your vision. lawyer
0: outfit yet? What you're going to look like?
1: Hmm. I think I would probably look like a corporate lawyer.
0: Corporate lawyer, yeah. Like to g- give me an example, someone in, the like pop culture and
1: the whole everything. Someone like, in pop culture, like the girl by? version of Harvey Specter.
0: Girl <laughs> version of Harvey Specter. Okay, yes, I could dig it. That's the all goal. Right. That's the goal, right? <laughs> well, what's interesting about Harvey Specter is his entire suit should not work. It's like all outdated styles, peak lapels, the old-fashioned We'll bring a little collar. modern
1: to it, but. We'll bring
0: a- he makes it work. And I think you could too. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Of course, Liz. Thank you. I appreciate really it. appreciate you. You guys, thank you so much for tuning into the legal soft podcast. Uh, if you enjoyed what you were listening to want to hear more from Liz, please let us know in the comments, give us a like subscribe. We're getting our wheels turning on this podcast and we can't do it without your support. So please don't forget to let us know what you think. That way we can give you more of what you'd like to see. Uh, If you're also stuck in traffic and you don't like holding up your phone while you're driving and don't want to give one of our, what, personal injury lawyers a call. (laughs) If you don't want to give one of them a call, we're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your favorite podcast. Go give us a listen. Follow us. We have new episodes every Tuesday and Friday. And uh, we're just happy to be here. Thank you so much. Liz, thank you.
1: Of course. Thank you. It was a pleasure.